It's time for the Finkelcast Wildcard Round NFL Best Bets Contest. A podcast that's been on the airwaves so long that it finally outlasted Dom Capers being the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Featuring, it pains me to say this, but he was able to hold off a late charge by yours truly to win the regular season championship. It's your champion, Colin Burke. Plus, a man whose bar was open so late on New Year's Eve that the party may actually still be going strong. It's Jack Anchelis. And now, last year he came in third. This year he came in second, which means he's officially the 2018 champion of the Best Bets podcast. It's your host, Joel Finkelman. Hello, everybody, and welcome into a Thursday edition of the Finkelcast, an NFL Best Bets playoff edition of the Finkelcast, a Dom Capers-less edition of the Finkelcast. Can you tell I'm a little excited? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't buy into the whole, don't talk bad, he has family. Uh, you can't talk about guys getting fired that way. But uh, no, when you've been coaching and you've been getting paid to coach since 1975, which is his first paying job at Hawaii, weirdly enough, as a defensive backs coach, if you were wondering, I don't really care. I think he's made enough money. He's been terrible at his job the last number of years, so I can celebrate. I can revel in it any way I want. Deal with it's how it works especially when the podcast has my name in it so there we go all right with that said uh we do have colin bark we do have jack angeles we were not able to do a podcast last week uh, but we made our picks anyways which means we have a new champion and i guess unfortunately i'll have to admit that it's colin bark and i'll bring him in colin how are you doing oh feels great uh by your logic i finished second last year first this year does that mean i finish super first next year i think that means third i think it's like a wraparound draft. oh no yeah you're going to struggle this next year. This might be my last year. Yeah, okay, got it. You're going <laughs> to retire now after this one. Uh, all right, and then I'll introduce last year's champion. That would be Jack Anchelis. Jack, how you doing? I uh, went first to worst. It's not a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. your picks this year, man. Not great. I don't know what Rough. happened. I don't know what happened. But uh, uh, I didn't watch any football. That's what happened. Uh, yeah, that might have helped, you know, yeah. watching like a single game of football. But I get it. I get it. You know, you were just uh, protesting the anthem protest, so I, I get what you were doing. It's cool. Oh. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, lots of people do that, for sure. Patriots fans busy, are some of the best. busy kneeling to look up at the TV. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, all right, anyways, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, it is the first ever podcast without Dom Capers, a defensive coordinator, and it feels weird. I feel I feel naked today, kind of like you know I've just I've had this burden I've been carrying for years, and now I don't have it anymore, and I can't complain about the same guy over and over and over. But I'm sure I'll find plenty of complaints about the next guy, whoever that may be, because the Packers will probably bring in somebody like John Fox to be their coordinator, and I'll lose my mind. So that'll be that'll be a good time. I can't wait for that day. Uh, Colin, you got any leader in the clubhouse you're looking for? You want a defensive coordinator? I really have not paid attention. I, I pay attention to the on-field product. Could care less about the draft or the coaching decisions. Oh, that's the wrong way to look about it. Man. It's it's this is all the fun stuff right here. This is the politicking. I mean, the the, the Packers are about to have a coup in their front office, and Russ Ball is and on be, the field. It looks like yeah. I mean, Russ Ball is going to be named the GM most likely. That that's my guess he is now. Not. I think he is. I think he's the leader in the clubhouse from everything I've read. It's I don't understand how it's possible. I don't get it. Uh, hey, let's go get a guy who doesn't have any experience with the player personnel. 
that sounds like a really good decision. Yep. Sounds like a good decision here. Oh, and he's the guy who's been, uh, you know, signing guys or negotiating contracts at the uh, lowest possible value forever, uh, AKA, you know, alienating players and making people walk away. So he's probably the guy. Yeah. Yeah. My brother pointed out if you, if you liked the way Ted Thompson handled his salary cap, uh, he'll love this guy. Yeah. It sounds great. I can't wait for that. It's going to be super duper. Uh, all right. Uh, before we, I guess, get in there, uh, Colin, do you have our standings from last week? You want to just give the overall numbers here? Yeah, Jack, I'm sorry to say that you were the only one under 500 at 38, 44, and 3. Right. Joel, you came in second. Yeah. Uh, 42, 38, and 5 with a late charge there to get above 500. Tell me about uh, it. It took you two weeks to do it, but you did it. And yours truly up front, 45, 37, and 3. Had a couple down weeks, but uh, was far enough ahead that it didn't matter. Yeah, no, it's true. I went 4-1 and one last week. I, I don't remember what I did the week before then. 3-1-1. Um, yeah, so there we go. So what, I had 7-2-1 and one in my last two weeks that got me within a couple games. I think two games of Colin, or uh, if two games have been different the entire that's, year. That is compared to my 2-6 and six over the, or I'm sorry, 4-6 and six over the past two weeks. Yeah, so I mean, you gave me an opportunity. Uh, it was there on the last Sunday. I had a chance. Just, I, I was just paying paying homage to the great Dom Capers. Yeah, what, going out? In a had to leave style. the door open. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. There we go. I, I love it. All right. So those are our standings. Uh, we will be doing the postseason or postseason as well. We'll be doing uh, all the games. And once it gets to Super Bowl time, we're going to have to do our uh, some crazy prop bets like we did last year. So that'll be that'll be a good time. Uh, all right. Let's see here. Um, I think I uh, Joel, do you have uh, Mr. Pilch's record final? Oh, did, did anybody beat him? I doubt it. He was 45 and 35 going into the last week, and I forgot what he did. So he's going to be mad that I don't have that noted because, once again, uh, I just stopped keeping track of his things for some reason on a week-to-week basis. But he's been keeping track, so if he's telling the truth, I I highly doubt anybody beat him. He was 10 games over 500 going into last week. Colin, what did you finish at? I finished at 45, 37, and 3, so unless he went 0 and 5, he beat me. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and guess that that's not what happened. Um... Hmm, looks like he took. He didn't ten. push at all, huh? Apparently not. I was talking to him about that. It's crazy. I had five pushes this year. He had zero. So, Fascinating. I, yeah, interesting, right? Interesting. Uh, it's almost like he's cheating. I bet. I bet you there's some funny math there. Uh, he let's was retroactively see. giving you his picks or something. How did Carolyn do this year? Uh, not great, Bob. Uh, nope. She was thirty-six, forty-five, and four. Oh, the the opposite pilch then, basically. Woof. Correct. That's that's rough. Well, uh, you know, when you're picking teams by jersey colors and stuff, that, that makes it a little bit tough. Did I beat Carolyn? Yeah. Uh, uh, you did, You did, Jack. <laughs> congratulations. I like a game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yes, correct. Oh, all right. So uh, interesting. by colors. Yeah, there we go. It would have worked out she great. Went, she went four and one two weeks ago and then one and four last week to seal the last place finish. Oh, geez. Had a oh. chance right there at the end. All right. Well, I guess we'll get right into it. Uh, we do have four games here, and um, you know we can we can chit chat about stuff afterwards. But we'll, we'll just jump right in. We'll take these games uh, as they come on the schedule, uh, first to last. And and man, there's some really uh, there's some stinkers this week. We'll start off with the game that always starts off the playoffs, uh, aka the worst matchup probably around. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Tennessee Titans at home. They are eight and a half point favorites. Uh, Colin, since you won, we'll, we'll give you this. Uh, we'll give you the start of these games. Boy, I feel like this team has been biting me all year. Anytime I pick them, but here I go again down the only road. Uh, Titans plus eight and a half. I'm going to take it. Wow. Uh, Tennessee can stop the run. They're the fourth best run defense in the NFL. 
And I think that both teams really struggle with their consistency. So I think it'll be a closer game than expected. Um, you know, two teams that, that either can be really good or really bad, and only one of those teams is being asked to win by eight and a half. So I'm going to take the team that isn't being asked. I think Tennessee uh, covers, but Kansas City wins. Woof. I, uh, I, I picked Tennessee in our last pick, and I believe I was made fun of a bunch. Uh, and, and you are, I covered yeah, and I need to eat my words here. I was going to say, it ended up working out really well for me, so that's awesome. Uh, I will, on this hand, though, be staying away from them because I feel like I kind of got lucky on that one. And Tennessee, at the end of the day, when they're healthy, they suck. And there's a pretty dang good chance, it sounds like, DeMarco Murray may not be playing for them. I believe he didn't practice yesterday, so I don't really know what his status is with today and everything. But if he doesn't play, that's that's taking out like 10% of their already crappy offense. I feel like Kansas City's been playing a lot better recently. They they definitely kind of figured some things out when it seemed like Andy Reid passed over the play calling duties, which is kind of strange. Uh, now he's just in charge of uh, you know the time management situation in the playoffs, so that should be a lot of fun. I'm sure he won't mess that up at all. Uh, but <laughs> seriously, but I don't know. I mean, these these early games I feel like usually are are amongst the worst in the home teams. Uh, I'm going to give the home team, especially Kansas City, with their home crowd, uh, a pretty big favorite here, and I. I kind of see them walking away with this one. I think Tennessee sucks. I think they're going to be put out of their misery, and Malarkey's going to get fired there. He's going to be the, the the rare playoff coach that gets fired in the NFL. That did, that team sucks. Mariota sucks. They, their offense sucks. Uh, everything about them, I, I don't get it. I had, I had uh, Delaney Walker, their tight end on my fantasy team this year, and it's just like I, he's probably their best offensive weapon, and they rarely ever use him. Their best offensive play last week was a 55-yard screen pass. Uh, they can't throw the ball downfield. If DeMarco Murray is hurt, they're going to struggle running. So that's why I'm taking Kansas City with the big points, eight and a half. Uh, Jack, we'll see. Where do you round it out? I am taking the Chiefs. Uh, this one, to me, comes down to experience and coaching. Andy Reid, better, for better or worse, has a long playoff history. Uh, the Chiefs have been in the playoffs three of the last four years. On the other side, the Titans have not been in the playoffs for 10 years. Ooh. And Mike, Mike Malarkey, the last time he was in the playoffs was as an assistant coach in 2010. So, yeah, and he's just a bad coach. So, you know, there's, yeah, there's that. Could throw it. All right. Well, I don't feel great about picking the same game as Jack, who apparently hasn't watched I, any games this year. Came in last place. I wish the spread was like five or six instead of eight and a half. But I'll be honest. Even if it was six and a half, so it was just under one touchdown, I'd be happier. But you know, obviously, any bonus points would be great. But I'll, I'll take it. I think I think it's going to be a curb stopping. It's going to be like a like a twenty seven to six game. That, that's I'm, I'm I'm going that direction. You guys just made my argument for me. That spread is just a little too big. Well, it's a little too big. But man, I, I'm not putting faith in Tennessee two weeks in a row. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on, that's not how it works. Uh, all right, all right. So let's see. I got. Or Jack and I both have KC. Colin has Tennessee. We'll move on to game number two, which is, uh, what, Saturday night at 7.15. The Rams hosting Atlanta, minus six and a half for the Rams in that game. Uh, let's see. Um, I guess, Colin, we'll just let you start all these off since you're, you're our grandmaster champion. Terrific. Now, you said Atlanta was at the Rams, but I want to make a point that the Rams really haven't had much of a home field advantage. That's they were true. 26th in the league in attendance. Um, and the game against the Cardinals that they just recently played had higher ratings in St. Louis than it did in L.A. Ooh, <laughs> um, really? I think, yes. I think the Rams' secondary is pretty suspect, and even a banged-up Julio Jones should be able to uh, take advantage of that. I think Atlanta is able to cover this game, so I'm taking Atlanta plus six and a half. Man, I'm surprised. Two dogs out of the gate? I feel like 
I want to say last year when we uh, when we did these picks for the postseason, we did pretty damn well. In the postseason, we had a combined record of twenty three and ten between the three of us, which is obviously pretty dang good. Um, also happens to be sixty nine point six percent, so that's pretty nice. It um, was very nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, and I feel like there's a we picked favorites pretty much down the board, especially in that first round, and it worked out really well for us. But we are not doing that so much today. Um, I no, I, and I, I want to remind you. I think this Atlanta offense is still the offense that went to the Super Bowl last year. Um, and the Rams. I mean, everyone talks about Atlanta's passing game, but the Rams still give up yards on the ground. And Atlanta has a competent running attack. The Rams have given up 122 yards a game, which is good for 28th in the NFL. I feel like though that the that the Falcons like their run game hasn't been as crazy good as it was last year. Like I, I remember like this year coming in thinking like Devontae Freeman would be like the perfect guy to have on a fantasy team and it just hasn't really been that way. Um quietly Tevin Coleman might have been better. It's crazy. I had yeah, I had him on like as a backup on one of my teams. It worked out pretty well. Um but to I to give I you don't a know. gauge of how good my fantasy team was, he quickly became a starter on mine. So Eesh, that's not great. Um yeah, so I don't know cuz cuz just your last pick you're talking about consistency and if we're talking consistency and inconsistency, we got to be talking the Falcons here. I mean that that's about as inconsistent of a team as it gets. They can either be really good or really horrible the rams on the other hand i mean last week obviously they they sat some guys but when they're all in there and they're all firing on all cylinders which seemed to happen every single week it was looking pretty good i mean that's about as consistent as a team as it got a team that could put up a ton of points atlanta's defense i mean i think it's solid i mean i'll put it this way i would kill to have a defense that's that good as a packers fan but i i don't think it's anything special if that makes any difference so that's also saying that the packers defense is horrible um which is you know no surprise uh, so in this game i'm also taking a favorite in this one i'm taking the rams minus six and a half i love the fact that it's under a touchdown uh, as i had said from the previous game so i think the fact that it's under there is good I think the Rams are going to put up a bunch of points in this one. And uh, yeah, the the home crowd thing is going to be weird, but it's a playoff game, so I'm wondering if it'll be a little different. We'll see. Uh, Jack, what do you got in this one? I am also taking the Rams. They lead the league at 29.9 points per game. The Falcons have not scored 25 points in five straight games. I think they don't have the firepower to keep up. I think the Rams are going to take an early lead and run away with it. Well, the crazy- hey, hey, Joel. Yeah. Joel, if I could just check in, I want to make sure that you, you called the correct Jack. That's two games that he's had stats and insights on. I know. I was just going to say. Is this Jack Anchelis? Yeah. Jack, what's going on over there? You're doing uh, prep? we got a new laptop at work, and I'm sitting in front of it. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm sure this is exactly what it should be used for. Uh, all right. Wow. Yeah. I, he's taking both of my picks here. That make, also makes me nervous. Once again, Kyle. Probably... I'm, I'm going to go back to what you guys had to say about Titans at Kansas City. I think Atlanta is the team with experience. The Rams went from worst to first this past season. Uh, they were not expected to be as good as they are. So I think Atlanta is able to lean on a little bit of that postseason experience. Okay, so the the Rams thing, though, and I and I get the, the postseason experience thing, and that, that's the real deal, but I feel like... When a team goes from worst to first and it's solely basically because their quarterback makes a jump, that's usually when they kind of falter in the playoffs because the rest of the team around them can't do it. But the Rams, it's, I mean, Goff has been good this year, but the reason that they went worst to, or worst to first and the reason they're as good as they are isn't because of Goff, it's because of Gurley and a really, really good defense. So I, I think that can handle any sort of playoff scenario, even especially because honestly, having a not sold out crowd there and everything might actually make it easier for them. Um, I don't know. I mean, they, I feel like at least they haven't had a huge pressure from the crowd this whole season. Let's put it that way. 
But I feel like since the whole team is a solid team or it's playing very well together, I feel like they can kind of combat that uh, first time in the playoffs jitters. I would not be surprised. At Atlanta, though, I mean, you're right. They are very experienced. They obviously went to the Super Bowl last year. See how well that turned out for them. Um, but you can't say that they don't have the experience. I just haven't. They've got the experience, and they've got playoff Matt Ryan, who was nine touchdowns, zero interceptions in the playoffs last year. Okay, but, I mean, also, if you're going to look at one playoff run from a quarterback and say that he's amazing, I mean, let's we could look at Joe Flacco, who had the greatest quarterback run in the history of quarterbacks and has been garbage ever since. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs in 2010 was a god. He was unstoppable. And then since then... He's had a lot of kind of iffy playoff runs. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I get it. Can you just assume that he's going to jump into playoff uh, Matt Ryan with, with, you know, Shanahan as an offensive coordinator? No, because they have. Sarkisian. I'd rather put my confidence in a quarterback that's done it before than one that hasn't, though. That's fair. It's very fair. And if this game was in Atlanta, I think I would easily be taking Atlanta in this one. But the fact that it's not. <laughs> If this game were in Atlanta, I don't know that the spread would be what it is. Well, obviously it wouldn't, but I think I'd still be taking Atlanta, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> like, whatever the spread would be, I'd probably be taking Atlanta. And I, But I'm not even making that from a standpoint of that the uh, crowd is going to make a huge impact in L.A., but it's just it's not going to have as much of an impact on the on the Rams' offense as it would if it was in Atlanta, obviously. So that's that's why I'm saying that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think this is probably... Between this and the New Orleans Carolina game, these are obviously the best two games of the weekend because the AFC sucks. And, oh, absolutely! And I mean, I could see either one of those two NFC games going either way. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm taking the Rams. We'll just put it that way, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens. So either way, it looks like uh, Saturday is going to either have you, me and Jack at two and zero, or Colin at zero and two, or some crazy scenario. So this should be. I fun. mean, you just made my argument for me, though. If you just said that both games could go either way, shouldn't you be taking the points in both of those games? I don't, yeah, I mean, well, but it's football. Any game could go either way. I don't think the Kansas City-Tennessee game could go either way. I think Tennessee sucks. I, I mean, do you envision Tennessee winning, can you, or is there a scenario in which Tennessee outright wins that game? Absolutely not. Okay, so then I'm not taking them to cover. <laughs> Like, because that's a fool's errand. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move on to Sunday. Uh, so let's see. At uh, at nooner, noontime, we got uh, the other AFC matchup, which is a doozy. Interesting that both the AFC games are the early games this weekend. Could it possibly be because they suck? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Uh, Jacksonville, for their first time in a gajillion years, at home, minus eight against Buffalo, who is uh, making their first playoff run in, what, 17, 18 years? Something like that? I don't know. Crazy times. Uh, nice to see. Uh, 18 years, yeah. Yeah, since the Miracle, uh, since the Mo- or Music City Miracle. That was their last one, which, by the way, that sucks. <laughs> have to hold on to that for that long. Uh, since, what, 1999. Crazy stuff. All right. Um, Colin, I guess, go ahead. What you got? All right. I've had my fun with the underdogs, but this one seems pretty clear to me that it's Jacksonville minus eight. Uh, the last time the, ja- the Jaguars were favored by this much was the last time the Bills were in the playoffs, as we said, 18 years ago, when Jacksonville defeated a Dan Marino-led Dolphins team, 62-7. to Oh. Did you guys realize Jacksonville was in the league at the same time as Dan Marino? That just blew my mind. <laughs> I didn't either. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I think that Jacksonville has been criminally undervalued this season. Uh, they're the third-best point differential in the league. They're much better than they get credit for uh, and the Bills and the Titans are the only two playoff teams with negative point differentials to make the uh, to be in the playoffs. So I think Jackson is able to handle Buffalo with whatever quarterback they decide to trot out. 
Oh, okay. Okay. I'm, um, <laughs> this is funny because for the third consecutive game, I'm going opposite of Colin taking Buffalo because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Thanks, Chris Berman. Uh, let's see. Basically, uh, I, it's really, <laughs> I guess I'm still, I'm just going off of franchise history in this one. It's really hard. See, and that's why they're undervalued. <laughs> I know. But I'm saying but I'm saying for Jacksonville. I, honestly, and I'm not even saying either of these teams are I don't know. You took Jacksonville, correct? Am I did I just miss you? Yeah. Okay. Jacksonville just, minus eight. This yeah. is the one I'm most sure of. Wow. Okay. Well I'm taking Buffalo plus eight. Uh so yeah, I guess I don't know. I just I can't it's hard for me to get over the fact that Jacksonville one is in the playoffs and two is favored by eight points with Blake Bortles as their quarterback. I, I just it, it dumbfounds me somehow. I, I know that they're, uh, isn't it Leonard Fournette? I believe, isn't he kind of banged up a little bit? That's, I think he'll play though. Yeah. But I mean, if he's not a hundred percent, that makes a big difference. Um, not that Buffalo is anything special. I don't know. I, I looked at this point total. It was just a little too high for me. Eight points when you have Blake Bortles as your quarterback. Um, I, I think that's, that's the X factor. Cause if he can, if he throws one or two picks, that's going to be rough. Because honestly, I mean, this team, it relies solely on running. So if they're down at any point and Bortles has to throw, it's probably going to turn into a disaster for Jacksonville pretty quick. Uh, so because of that, I'm going to go ahead and take the crazy pick of Buffalo plus eight. Don't feel great about it, but it'll, it should be fun. Uh, Jack, what do you got for this game? Uh, I'm with Colin. This is the first game that I picked. I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't see any way that I could take the Bills. No, they okay. Seem like the uh, they seem like the odd man out in this group of eight teams, even as wild card round teams that have barely made it in, they seem not qualified to be the playoffs. Okay, so if I'm doing the the Bill Simmons betting manifesto rule system here, which is basically if you take an underdog in the playoffs, you have to assume that they can win straight up. Like, so neither of you guys think that Buffalo can win this game straight up. No. Not really. Okay. I do. I think that there's a scenario that exists. I think that if they can jump out to an early lead, I think things get pretty ugly in a hurry for Jacksonville. But that's just me. So, okay. That's why I got that pick. All right. So, hey, we, uh, uh, me and Jack differ. So, that that's good. Uh, let's see. We'll move on to our last game. Uh, probably uh, one of the best game, definitely, on Sunday night. New Orleans hosting Carolina has a seven-point advantage at home. Uh, we'll start off with Colin. What do you got? Uh and this one uh, seems pretty clear to me as well. I'm going to take New Orleans minus seven. I know they say that it's hard to beat a team three times, but if any team can do it, it's New Orleans at home. Um, they have outscored Carolina by 31 points combined in their previous two meetings. And the Panthers haven't been great against the pass, and that's certainly not something I want said about a team going into the Superdome to face Drew Brees in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, let's see. If we're gonna, I'm going to try to do something here. Uh, Jack. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go to you for this one, because I'm trying to see if we have the same one again. So, Jack, what do you got? Uh, I'm also taking the Saints at home. Uh, I trust Sean Payton to be creative enough to give the Panthers a different look. And uh, I think they'll win by 10. Okay. Uh, that means I'm the crazy guy, again, as I kind of figured. I'm going to be taking... This might, this might be a first in history here. What? That neither of us picked any of the same games for the playoffs? That we have had a complete head-to-head schedule. Yeah, it's true. This should be fun, actually. One of us will come out for, or, well, no. I guess it could be like a two-and-two two situation, but... Yeah, this is <laughs> this is going to be messy. I, I'm not super I'm not super over the moon about this one, I'll be honest. Um, but 
I, I know what Carolina is capable of on a good day, and on a good day, in a, like, do, okay, once again, making the rules here. Uh, if you're the road team, do I think Carolina Panthers can win straight up? Yes, I do believe that there's a scenario in which that exists. Um, obviously, yeah, there's the whole beating a team three times in a year thing. I don't know if I totally buy into that like everybody else does, um, but I certainly think that because it's seven points um, and it's not under seven points, do I think they can be within one touchdown? I do. Uh, even if they lose this game, I think Carolina can put up some numbers offensively. Uh, I don't, I, I'd like to see the adjustments that Carolina can make defensively and hopefully figure out a way to not just let Alvin Kamara come out of the backfield on every single play and pick up 20 yards on every single screen pass. Cause that's what he does. Um, I think that they have the players at least, I mean, what to be able to do that Keekly and Thomas Davis and all that fun stuff, but I obviously haven't really been able to do it this year. So I don't know why, but for some reason I'm feeling like this will be a close game. Maybe I'm just kind of hoping that this game will be close since I think this slate of games totally sucks this weekend. Um, so because of that, I'm going to go ahead and take Carolina plus seven, uh, which makes me the weird guy on Sunday. That's going to be fun. Colin was kind of the weird guy on, on Saturday, I felt like. Uh, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> let's let's see here. Our, uh, I want to oh, congratulate Jack for going all chalk, all favorite. Oh, did he? He did. did. Yeah. Honestly, it is not a dumb idea in the first round of the playoffs. It's uh, like last year, I think we almost completely went shock. And I mean, before I even looked at the lines, I pretty much knew that's how it was going to go. Yeah. It would have, it would have taken a lot to convince me to not go with four favorites in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I want to say that we last year as a collective went like something like 10 and two in the opening weekend. Um, it'd be nice to see those stats again, but, and, and we pretty much took chalk and the reason we didn't go completely like 12 and 0 is cause I think one of us, or I think I messed up and took a underdog here or there or something. Um, cause I ended up, you know, last year, what, what in the playoffs, let's see last year, you guys both went eight and three. I went seven and four. So I ruined it. <laughs> and I, and I'm kind of wondering if, uh, if I just did the same thing here. So anyways, yeah, lots of underdog picks from us this, well, this year, which so you is, guys are completely opposite. Yep. And I'm with Joel on Saturday and with Colin on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm not sure what that means, but it's weird (laughs) either way. All right. I think it means either like one of us will be two and two and Jack could be like four and no, or I don't know, whatever. If Jack goes four and oh, we will both be two and two. Yeah. That's okay. So this'll be, this'll be a weird one. We'll put it that way. All right. So there's our picks there. Um, I will say if there is one team that I like watching, blow out other teams it's the saints why is for that? some reason i just like watching them win big as opposed to the patriots who normally do it so i've gotten tired of that one yeah that, that's fair <laughs> i don't know it, when the saints are good they're good let's put it that way they are really good um and then when they're not sean payton's apparently on the hot seat and then suddenly they get alvin kamara and they're okay so that's all good who cares right all right uh that means we got to get to the grinder of the week which uh this week is it's a special one Oh yeah, it's time for Club Indigo's Grinder of the Week. Here's the real OG, that's the original grinder, Jack Anchelis. Alrighty, Jack, I know we got a, a Hall of Famer in our midst this week, so uh, who's our Grinder of the Week? Uh, well, you said at the top of the podcast that this was a Capers List podcast, and that is not quite true. <laughs> he is indeed our Grinder of the Week. This is in the... M&M vein of uh, keep getting those checks kind of grinder. He made his uh, made his stake in the 2010 Super Bowl 
and has pretty much lived off of that for seven years and not really done anything, but continued to be employed and get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, Millions, I'm sure. There's, I mean, there's no way he didn't in seven years make multi-million dollars. Um, I'm with you. I, I think uh, it's it's interesting because Packer fans have obviously been clamoring for Dom Capers to be fired for a number of years. And, you know, while saying he should be fired in 2012, just a couple years off of a Super Bowl was probably stupid. Uh, saying that he should be fired maybe after the NFC Championship game against the Seahawks uh, probably wasn't all that stupid. And past that point, it certainly wasn't. Dom Capers defenses statistically, if you really look at them, I, I did like a deep dive last year. Uh, statistically, they they rank fine. They are in like the middle to back end, you know, not, of of a lot of categories, but a lot of major categories. So yards and points and all that stuff, you know, from that eighteen to twenty six mark, they they usually hang out there, which is probably where to, you know, like I don't know, coaching staffs like Mike McCarthy is able to somehow justify them hanging around for a while because statistically that's how they are. But when you look at them on the eye test of watching a game, I think you can kind of learn and glean a few things about how Dom Capers coaches and how it probably didn't help the Packers. Um, yeah, I think he's a great grinder because I mean, dude, seven years basically since the Super Bowl in which his defense is routinely ranked horrendously. Um, it's funny because I keep reading all this coverage about who's going to be the next defensive coordinator and stuff. And there's a bunch of names, Nick Fangio from the bears uh, or Vic Fangio, sorry, would be uh, probably be an interesting pick. I don't, I don't think that'd be that bad. Um, and I keep forgetting because they, they they name all these old has been, you know, uh, retread coaches and I keep getting all mad about that. And then I realize a thing I always said about Dom Capers when he was here was be, that basically anybody could replace him because if if your team routinely ranks in the back end of rankings, anybody that replaces you is going to come in and have some sort of difference, right? Unless they're just even worse than Dom Capers at the job. So really, I don't know. I mean. I guess that's the crazy thing moving forward is that if the Packers had a defense that ranked 15th in the league, they'd probably be a Super Bowl team. I mean, that's that's the sad reality of the situation is because the you know because you got Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball. So if you can have a defense that isn't ranked 28th, you know, things might actually turn up okay every once in a while. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Colin. Do you have any any parting thoughts for our, our grinder of the week? No, I just you know I take my hat off to him. Well done, sir. <laughs> Great job. Great effort all these years. Good work. All right. Well, yeah, not to mention it seems like they are purging everybody else from the coaching staff, both on offense and defense, while also trying to get a new GM. I don't know. Things are a little bit uh, a little busy at 1265, a little more so than I thought they would be at this point. I didn't see the Ted Thompson thing coming. Um, I mean, I get I, I think that there was probably reason for him to go, but I, I was not expecting that one. I mean, Capers, I don't know. That one kind of the writing seemed to be on the wall on that one. Although I did predict that he was going to be back, but that was kind of more of a reverse jinx thing than anything else. Um, but the the Ted Thompson one's a little more surprising. And the scary part about it is that whoever comes in to be the GM, the Packers are going to lose a ton of people. Um, because if they hire Elliot Wolf, uh, Gutenkunst, and a bunch of other guys, Russ Ball may even just leave. Uh, if they hire Russ Ball, I can guarantee you that Wolf and Gutenkunst are going to leave. And those are two top guys for the Packers. And if they hire uh, Gutenkunst, then Wolf is going to leave. Uh, no matter what there's going to be an exodus of people that thought they should have gotten the job, but didn't. Uh, and that's especially if they bring in somebody from the outside too. So it's, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a little bit ugly here over the next month. And then you got the draft to worry about and all that stuff. Oof. Not looking forward to that. Let's put it that way. 
Uh, you know what I am looking forward to is going back through Joel Finkelman's Twitter feed and finding calls for Dom Capers to be fired back in 2012. Yeah, I'm sure they're in there. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to deny it. All right. I'm a, I'm a fan first. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, I've learned along the way here. But, uh, yeah. So, either way, I do think it's interesting that, uh, you know, fans have been calling for him to be fired for the last three years, at least. And that, you know, even though we were actually technically right about it, obviously. Um, it's funny because if you look at how media handled it at that point, it was like, oh, look at these dumb fans being dumb and they don't know anything about football. And uh, apparently now we're just right. I, I don't understand exactly how that works. Um, but, you know, whatever. That's so just, don't you work in the media? Yeah. And I've been calling that out since ever since I've been here. Because, <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. Like, I yes, I do work in sports media. Uh, but I, it, when it comes to the Packers... I am a fan first when it comes to like the Badgers basketball team or something. Uh, I I'm media all the way, like I, whatever. But when it comes to the Packers, it's fan first media second. That's how it works. Um, and sometimes the way, uh, yeah, fellow media people handle Packers fans to me is a little bit annoying. I'll put it that way. All right. Uh, do we have anything else? Uh, Colin, are we, are we missing anything? Uh, we have, we haven't recorded a pod since national signing day. So I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, PJ Fleck for rowing the boat to the best class that Minnesota has ever recruited. Uh, best class in the big 10 West fifth best in the big 10, which shows you how unbalanced those divisions are. Maybe it's time to do away with those. Yeah. The divisions are a little rough. Why are there, even, yeah. why are there divisions? Do the, does there need to be divisions? I'm a little confused. Technically on that. no. Don't I they guess. play across division like three or four games a year anyway. That's correct. There are just three or four protected games. Like Minnesota will always play Wisconsin. Minnesota will always play Iowa. Uh, and a couple of cross-division protected games like Minnesota. Oh, no, Minnesota-Michigan is not protected, but they try and schedule that one as often as possible. Yeah, that's the Claret Jug one, right? Or the that... little brown jug. The Claret Jug would be the British Open. Oh, whatever. Jugs. Jugs. You know what <laughs> Who cares? It's Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Golf. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, and you guys got that 400-pound lineman or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. Fa'alele. Yeah. Looking that, forward to watching him. I I can't imagine that won't work out for you guys. I mean, here's a kid that was getting looked at by Alabama, and Alabama decided we didn't need him. And uh, so then he goes to Minnesota and gets, like, basically uh, no other offers. No, Alabama, Alabama never decided they didn't need him. He probably just decided he actually wanted to play as opposed to be a three-star on the bench yeah. for Alabama. Yeah, that's what he decided. He decided to pass up going to Ala-freaking-Bama and winning national championships. I'm, I'm sure that's what he decided, Colin. He, just he, decided to to follow his, he decided to follow his high school quarterback. Row the boat. We, he is the boat. Here we go, boat. row the boat. He is the boat. He weighs 400 pounds. <laughs> just climb on top. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's never going to work out. I can almost guarantee that one. All right, well, uh, I guess we'll call it there. So I'll, uh, I'll play some some different outro music here since it is a celebration week here on the Finkel cast that Dom Capers is out. we got to play some cool in the gang. Colin, it. Uh, so, Colin, thank you so much for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Scott, you might the boat. All right, Jack, we'll see you next time. Absolutely. All righty. Well, thank you guys to those guys for uh, joining us on the podcast today. As always, check out the blog at thebig1070.com slash Joel, where you'll see this post put up along other podcasts and all that fun stuff. Check out the YouTube channel where you can watch this live. That's at youtube.com slash JoelDF. Uh, you can check out our Twitter handles. Let's see. I am at Joel Finkelman. Colin is at Colin Q. Burke. And Jack is at Angeles. That's A-N-S-H-E-L-E-S. 
So there's that. Go there and go and check all that stuff out. Also, check the podcast out on any of your iTunes apps or whatever. And you can check it out on iHeartRadio if you just look for the Finkelcast. It's on there as well. Got my own little channel now. So that's all cool. Alrighty. We'll see you next time for the next round of the, Fink- or the Finkelcast NFL Best Bets Divisional Round podcast. Uh, that'll probably come next week, probably Thursday or so. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Come on now. Let's all celebrate and have a good time.